Live from Jerusalem, this is the Yishai Fleischer Show. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Jerusalem. So amazing to be with you here over the airwaves of this amazing holy city and going out to the world. I'm joined by my beloved co-hostess with the mostest and wife and great broadcaster, Malka Fleischer. Welcome to the program, Malka. Hi, Yishai. It is great to be here back on the show. We got some new things in gear. We got the month of Elul, which is the month of reflection, repentance, getting ready for the big new beginning, which is Rosh Hashanah, uh, the new year. And we also got the beginning of the school year going on here, which has affected our house very personally. That's right. We had one uh, young daughter, our young daughter, go to... First grade. First grade, which is That's big. right. She went to first grade. Oh, my gosh. And then our young son went into pre-K. Preschool, that's right. Preschool. preschool, right. Well, there are many layers of preschool in Israel. There yes. is Gan Shalosh, which is three-year-old preschool. layers in, outside of the land I of Israel? I think they have preschool and kindergarten and then first grade. Because, like, for example, there's many more... Uh, uh, different kinds of cheeses here in Israel in terms of percentages, all kinds of names for cheeses. I'm just not sure that that happens as often. So maybe we have certain things we have more variety of. Maybe kindergartens and cheeses. But we have less uh, things like um, salad dressing choices. Right, exactly. That's the, that's the, that's that's the trade-off. That sums up the difference between U.S. and Israel right there. Um, well, another thing is that the, the big difference between the United States and Israel is that the United States is a really, really big country. Yes. And Israel is a really, really small country. That's true. Maybe smaller than the size of New Jersey. When finally we wake up to appropriating a piece of land that was held up in bureaucracy for a really long time. And finally that gets cleared for normal Jewish usage and normal building and normal development we get a hard time smashed right on our head. We get the administration saying, uh, formally calling on Israel to reverse its appropriation of West Bank land for settlement building, i.e. ancient Jewish land for Jewish community building, uh, saying it is counterproductive to peace efforts. So now we, uh, we are getting an official uh, no-no censure upsetness from the administration saying, Quote, we are deeply concerned about the declaration of a large area of state land to be used for extend, expanded settlement building. And that came from uh, Jen Psaki, who is uh, at the State Department. She's a spokeswoman there. And I think to myself, uh, isn't there other things that you should be doing? Just now uh, it's come out that yet another American journalist was just beheaded. And I think to myself, like, is it really the problem of the United States to be so concerned, so deeply concerned about the Jewish people finally fulfilling some building plans in a land that is so, that's like total consensus land. And to talk about it as, to talk about our return to our homeland as being counterproductive, it's like saying, why don't you guys just go back to the diaspora? Why don't you not uh, see the productivity in the whole Zionist dream? And to me, just to hear that is very counterproductive to the relationship. It just hurts my feelings. And I know that most Americans, if they would understand the real meaning of what their government is saying, which is that somehow 
a weaker Israel is productive and a stronger Israel is counterproductive, they would be against that. In a world that is being smashed with this ceaseless waves of the jihad, a strong Israel, a just Israel, Israel does not, does not succumb to the bullying is what we need and it's the best and most productive thing and it and it gets it gets under my skin malka it gets under my skin there's also well, a lot you know of what things. i like about me shy let me tell you one thing that i like about myself things which might seem tedious and repetitive to other people are always new and surprising for me and so i am yet again surprised and unpleasantly refreshed by America's continuing budinskiingness, putting its nose into our business, I don't understand why this made even a blip on the screen of American policy today. I don't understand with all the things going on, with certainly all the involvements that the United States suddenly has, why this is that we are an issue for the Americans. Well, I guess really, uh, uh, first thing, uh, first thing I want to correct you. It's really not the Americans. It's I, I, I was trying to make that. Uh, I was trying to distinguish. I really don't don't think that the American people understand and would support that. In any case, though, you know, back to the, the way I look at things, which is, hey, we got to keep going. And well, that's that's it, for sure. I mean, if you're not going to like it, well, right. It's not like we're quaking in our boots over here. I think that 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 the prime minister should call the president and say, look. Tough noogies, okay? Because there's tough noogies sometimes, and we're just going to have to move forward, Malka. And part of that moving forward is going back to school. That's right. And having regularity, normality, and that was certainly uh, disturbed this summer, and we are now trying to regain our normality. Tell me a little bit about that, Malka. Well, it's definitely true that this summer was different than many other summers, Um, especially for the kids of southern Israel, southwestern Israel, really, who uh, underwent a very difficult summer of running to and sometimes staying for long amounts of time in bomb shelters, lots of booms all around. Certainly there were many kids throughout the country whose father or brother or uncle or friend's father went off to... Uh, fight in war. Uh, many, 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 many of those people came back uh, safely, as we say, b'shalom. Some of those people did not. Um, so kids had a, a widely varying experience this summer, and teachers have to deal with that all around the country. Students and teachers in the communities surrounding Gaza had a little bit of a different start off to uh, the school year than some other kids. And they started in a very festive manner, almost a summer break type of atmosphere because of the interest in giving kids a little bit of a lift after their hard summer and giving them a little bit of those fun experiences that they didn't get to have over the summertime. There was an opening party um, in communities around the South for children and um, school uh, administrators and teachers said that the, t- the kids are actually responding really well and that it's amazing that kids who went from having a very scary summer, to, to put it bluntly, came back to school, saw their friends, had their new backpacks, were happy to be there, were there with smiling faces. And the teachers, they are dealing with it in two ways. They have to be sensitive, right? Because on the one hand, they have to address the issues 
because and some of the kids are traumatized in varying degrees so they have to deal with that but on the other hand if they start talking about the trauma all the time and being all serious face then they may either a re-traumatize or overly traumatize kids who you know are otherwise fine or kind of go over the heads of kids who feel okay right they're they're not really feeling so bad and suddenly people are talking to them all about their trauma on the flip side it's not like they can just sort of ignore it because these kids are smart and they've been through things and they need to talk about it sometimes so for the first two weeks of school in the south special emphasis is going to be placed on what happened during the summer um Certainly in almost every school that you go to in Israel or anywhere around the world, they talk about what did you do during summer vacation? So kids are going to be able to a little bit lead the discussion in talking about summer. And summer, as I said, included beach time, included barbecues, and included a lot of other things. Basically, people are very keenly aware of the fact that uh, the Hamas war that we had was a limited war. Right. And I have now, I have a new parable for it. I, I think it's even more than a parable. It's a real way to explain it. This was a schoolyard fight. And the bully kind of pushed. And we pushed back, maybe even harder. But there was got definitely... got a bloody nose. Right, but there was definitely like a pushing fight, but it wasn't more than that. It was definitely not a, a fight It wasn't fight a beatdown. Right, it wasn't a fight to end at all. It was a small little... Tussle? Is that the right word, Malka? I think that works. Tussle, okay. yes. And then um, then that's it. You know, we're waiting for the next round. There's no doubt about it. And I think that uh, those who are disappointed by that, okay. But I've decided also that it's very important not to give our enemies any sense that we feel that we didn't win. Look, it was a limited war for one reason or another. We pushed back and pushed back hard. And we're still here, and those school teachers and, and children need to be uh, need to be strengthened and need to be commended that they are reaching back to normal life. Of course, our government has got to uh, uh, give us that normal life. They've got to uh, they've got to be able to provide us with that normal life. But you know what? We've had other situations like in Kiryat Shmona, like in areas south of Lebanon, and sometimes in the Jordan Valley, and even in Jerusalem, where we've dealt with waves of attacks we have pushed them back we have uh, um we have waited them out and in the end we come out victorious and successful and that's exactly what's going to have to happen in gaza well ishai the prime minister of israel went down to the south and met with a first grade class and here's what he said i'm interested to hear what you think ishai about his comments if you have any thoughts here's some some quotes from from his visit he says we will take care This is in steroid. He says, we will take care to give you knowledge and security. Study the Bible, our heritage, math, computers, and science. Our heritage and the future go hand in hand. Be hungry for knowledge on behalf of the people of Israel, the state of Israel, the land of Israel, yourselves, and your families. At a second grade class, also in steroid, the prime minister said, I know that you did not have as nice a summer as you had planned. I hope that during the upcoming holidays, you'll have the time to relax, play, and be with your families and friends. Be friends with each other. Be good children for your parents and be excellent pupils. Have a safe and successful year. Together, we will continue the momentum of development because this is the strongest response to our enemies. They thought they could drive us out of here. We are building up and will build up this country and this part of it. Right, and that goes so much in line with what I've always said about the prime minister. He's not a great fighter. That's not just, this isn't what he's about. 
he loves to build. I really believe that. I do believe that the prime minister is a builder. And he was basically saying, look, um, we are going to answer them with the greatest answer possible, which is we're building up the Jewish state. We're going to keep appropriating land. That means clearing it from all kinds of bureaucracy and let the Jewish people build on it. We're going to help you kids grow. I want you to be studying computers. I want you to study the Tanakh. I want you to be connected to Jewish heritage. And as I like to say, our Hebrew past informs our Israeli future. <laughs> and, uh, and he's, you know, he, he's, he's all that. On the other hand, I think that, that, uh, that a child could say to him, Look, dear Prime Minister, um, you've got to you've got to deal with this problem because these people they they want to disrupt our lives incessantly, and have done so for the last fourteen years with rocket attacks, um, and uh, that's a problem. And I think also that the Prime Minister definitely needs to find a good solution for the tunnel problems. But I am I have pulled back from my kind of harsh critique of this war. Really? Yes. Because Why is that? Because I started realizing, and I'm going to talk about it later on the show today, that the enemy is listening and they are literally empowered when, when we, we talk start about each other our up. loss and this and that. We had a war, a war that any Holocaust survivor could be proud of. We pushed back on our enemies. We didn't let them uh, have free reign. We show them that we mean business and we show them that when they send fire our way, they are met back with fire. And and that's great, you know. Is it is it everything? Was it totally satisfying? No, but thank God we're here and we're strong, and that's the message that we have to kind of broadcast out, in my opinion. Just one last word from President Ruby Rivlin, who also visited students in the South on Monday. He said, "When I'm here near the Gaza Strip and I see tiny tots with school bags on their backs, busy with creativity, I know that no one defeats us so quickly." Our victory is encased in education, education for the love of the land of Israel, love for the homeland, for realization and construction. Those are beautiful words, Malka, and thank you so much for sharing them. That does, definitely does inspire, and, and it's nice to see uh, when politicians and leaders go down to first grade and, and talk to the kids and inspire them. And, and I, think that, that, I think that these stories that you brought really do bespeak of um, Israel. It's very Israel. It's like, let's talk to the kids and let's tell them what, what our hope is about. And it's about education and about building. And you didn't hear anywhere there. And there's going to be a jihad and we're going to murder all these people and we're going to free all this land from all these people. You didn't hear any of that. And I'm not one into saying, like, we're not like them. But still, though, there is a moment We're not here. like them. Yeah, right. There's a moment which is like our victory is also in our very ideas that are creative and productive. Right. I mean, Hamas is saying it over and over again. And we just, if we would only listen, we would learn a lot, which is there's a big difference between us and them, which is we have a big thirst for life and they yearn for death. And when we go and we put, wrap a loving arm around our kids and send them off to school festively, that is exactly what we're all about. And that's what we aim for all year long, which is to get those kids off to school. That's really our biggest goal. All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show. Malka Fleischer, I want to thank you so much for being with me here and inspiring us with uh, a begin new beginnings, a new fresh year, and hopefully a year of strength and a year of growth. 
And all of you folks out there want you to write me an email, yeshai at voiceofisrael.com. We have a great show lined up for you today, amazing people. So stick with us. We're going to be right back right after the break. Shalom. Shalom. This is Ethan Behrman. I'm a talk radio host in California, nationally syndicated and in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm here in Israel, and guess what I listen and subscribe to? VoiceofIsrael.com. What an absolute pleasure to be joining you here in the new studios of the tremendous Voice of Israel studio right in the heart of Jerusalem. I listen to them. You should, too. Voice of Israel. News and views on everything Israel. Voice of Israel. Voice of Israel. And the Middle East. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show here on Voice of Israel. You know, we've been talking a lot about war and land appropriation and all kinds of issues. And I always get back to the issue that the real challenge of Israel is just to continue to survive, to grow and thrive and, and, and to have the children, to teach the children. The children went back to school. That's what we're talking about uh, on this half hour. And my, my daughter went to first grade, lots of stuff. Uh, another great story is that it's it's raining babies. That's the title of an article. There was a baby boom following December's s- stormy weather. There was a lot of snow, a lot of rain over a three-day period. And it turns out that nine months later, there's a lot of record births uh, it, being registered in hospitals. For example, Kaplan Medical Center in Rehovot reported a surprising rise. 700 births took place this August in comparison to 500 births. And this kind of rise was registered in almost all the hospitals of Israel. I spoke to a fertility expert who told me he doesn't think it has anything to do with the storm. But there's a wonderful picture in Ynet today with, with uh, five young ladies and their new brand new children, their babies, boys and girls, really cute. And there is a theory that the storm that really shut down the country for three days, snow in Jerusalem area in the mountains and lots of torrential rain in the Tel Aviv uh, central region, maybe it caused some more family time. And therefore, nine months later, uh, this tremendous birth rise. And it's a really happy story. And it's not only the humans that are having more children right now. It's also the female white rhinos. That's right. In Ramadgan Safari, there is a, a rare joy. And that is the first time in 20 years the Ramadgan Safari has welcomed a female baby white rhinoceros or rhinosaurus however you want to pronounce it and we have on the line with us irit who works at the ramadgan safari right now she's in the events department but used to be a caretaker in the african savannah and dealt with cute little animals uh, and sometimes even big animals like the rhinos irit thanks so much for being with us welcome to the show hi thank you Ishai. so tell me about this rare occurrence and this Simcha Rabah, this big joy that you guys are having at the zoo. Well, we really have a big joy since she's the first female rhino baby that was born in the safari. And also it's great because her mom, Tanda, is a little bit old to have babies in the rhino's years. Um, she's uh, about uh, 20, uh, and it's quite old for a rhino. She has already two male rhinos. Tibor and Terkel, but this is the first female. Wow. And that means also that this rhino is going to stay at the safari instead of being farmed out to different uh, zoos, different places. Uh, she's going to get to make her life in the safari for some reason. I didn't understand exactly why. Uh, the reason is, yes, yeah, she's definitely good, uh, will, will stay with us. 
it's because we have to take we have to take care of the population the rhinos population because we can't have many rhinos of the same family in the safari because you know after that Tibor and Terke they will their brothers and all the and we can't have all the baby animals being uh, from the same family we have to uh, we have to mix the the members of the family and we do it with other zoos uh, so that's why we can have the male will be shipped to other zoos so they can start new families uh, but we can uh, stay with the, but the females will stay with us and well, we will bring probably a new a newborn male rhinos from other zoos now what's the big deal okay a rhino is born yofi wonderful uh, what's the big deal? The, the, does anybody make a big deal of a cow being born in Israel or a, or a, a deer or something else? It's there's something special about these white rhinos. Am I right? You're you're absolutely right because they're a, a very endangered species. Uh, there are about only twenty thousand white rhinos left in the world. Uh, most of them uh, in South Africa, Namibia, Zimbabwe, and Kenya. And we are trying very much. All the zoos in the world are trying very hard. To renew the population and try to uh, and try to you know to to, uh, to have more white rhinos. Hopefully, one day we'll be able to restore the population. Does Israel do something specific, or does the Ramad Gan Safari do something specific that that gives this rhino now its third child? I heard that in other zoos they're not as successful in uh, having rhinos reproduce. Well, the only thing I can think about it, since I work in the safari, and I think it's the best zoo in the world, but uh, they live in a very, very big area. If you visited the safari, you know that it's like a, really like a big savanna. It's a huge area with a very large lake, and maybe those are the, you know, the great... Uh, the, the situation that allows right. her to... The circumstances. To you don't think it's because right, maybe thanks. maybe your rhinos live in the land of milk and honey, you know, Israel, land of fertility, these kind of things. You think that has something to do with it? I would like to think so. <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe it's related to what you said before uh, Before you talked to me, the baby boom. Maybe it got to the safari as well. Right. The, the baby boom is amazing. There's this amazing picture of these five uh, Israeli women holding babies. And I thought to myself, wow, there's, it's, it's not just uh, in the hospitals. It's also in the safaris. It's all over the place. And uh, that's, at the same time, when we're being challenged so much for our very existence here in the Middle East, not only <clears throat> here in Israel, but in the Middle East in general, so many people are dying and being hurt. And it's really an eye of the storm. It's, it's the opposite. So much this life, not giving up on life and not running away and holding strong and, and continuing to have the greatest hope in the world is, is actually represented by having children and the willingness to, to bring new life into the world. So, you know, it, it's a very hopeful, it's a tikva, it's a hope that there is a future here in the Middle East and in Israel. I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Okay, so then the white rhinos will live. They will be reborn here in the Ramadan uh, Safari. I'm really looking forward to visiting. Also, one final question. I looked at the, the mother. She has a very unusual, how do you call that part of the nose, the, the horn, the, uh, the tusk? She has a, it, it faces not what you used to in a rhinoceros when, when it kind of faces up or back towards the eyes, but rather forward. Right. Tell me about that a little bit. I'll tell you that first of all, that's a horn, and it's made it's made uh, not from bone, but it's made from hair. So mm -hmm. it's a special, a, a very special uh, horn. 
and uh, she, the, her horn was upside down. It was really touching the ground. It was in a great curve touching the ground, and uh, there was a point where she couldn't eat because the horn would touch the ground. So our veterinarians um, cut a little bit of, uh, of the horn, and now she's great. Now she has a beautiful horn, and she can eat again, and she's very, very happy. Well, Mazal Tov to the Ramad Ganzu and the Rhino family and the White Rhinos for being reborn here in the land of Israel. Iri, thank you so much. You work at the Ramad Gan Safari. You're in the events department. You used to be a, a carer in the African Savannah, and we're looking forward to visiting you there soon. Great. I hope you'll come. Thank you for having me. All right, folks, that's the Yishai Fleischer Show for today. Please write me an email. I wanted to burst with life just like this last segment. Kids going to school, rhinos being born, Jewish people coming to the land of Israel. That's what the whole program today was about, returning to the land, having our children in this land, and sending Hamas a message that we will never leave. We will never be ousted. We will never be pushed out. And you're part of this great story of return, this great story of strength. Don't let anybody tell you that we lost. We are winning, and after 2,000 years, we are reconstituting in this great commonwealth, this great nation that's being reborn on this great land with a great God above, and with you, part of the story. Please write me an email, yishai at voiceofisrael.com, and stay tuned, and shalom.